Well, hi there. You're listening to the Title Town Podcast presented by Wisconsin Sports Heroics. On this episode, we have our very first ever guest, JJ Leahy. Very excited for that. My name is Austin Gann, and I am joined, as always, by the one, the only, Daniel Marhanka. Daniel, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. I think today is the day that we become a real podcast and actually have guests, and they don't have to listen to me and you talk the whole time. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you're a new listener, you're probably like, good, I was going to give this podcast one more shot, and now they're finally bringing on someone interesting. We've earned another shot. We we get a pass for now. Oh, man. Well, Daniel, before we we jump into JJ, uh, jump into the uh, conversation with JJ, uh, just some quick uh, news on the Packers, if you don't mind. I think I don't mind at all. I'd actually like to be informed about my favorite football team. Are you, are you sure? I I would. Okay. Okay. Just so you know, this is just yes. for you. This is for anybody yeah. else listening, just for you. The Packers uh, this last week did resign. Uh, Will Redmond. Mercedes Lewis officially that one became official. We kind of knew about that one for a while. Yeah. And then uh, Daniel, I know you were really excited for the Packers resign Tyler Lancaster. I am. I think, uh, you know, me and you sat uh, behind his family a few uh, family nights ago, and that mm-hmm. was really a great experience. So that yeah, was I'm a, bit, I'm a big Tyler Lancaster fan after that night. You're not, but you're saying that for the podcast, but anytime we'd have whatever we're watching a game together. And if Tyler ever comes up, if he ever does anything, I was like, Hey, he's got a nice family. He does. Cause that's he's really all nice you can really say about Tyler Lancaster. I think it's just, uh, a good kind of memory to have yeah. of his family. That's and good. you know, he, he has some good snaps for sure. For sure. Some good snaps. Yeah. Way to, yeah. way to play that often. <laughs> That how you normally act when we're watching games together. Just when he's getting more reps than uh, Snacks Harrison and some critical games, I just have uh, a few questions to have. That is fair. That is absolutely <laughs> fair. I understand that. Well, uh, Daniel, let's just get right into it. We're going to get right into our conversation with JJ. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, for the, uh, for the first time in the history of our uh, podcast, our short-lived podcast, we have a guest. Daniel, I know you're excited. I'm excited. Uh, this guy's been a friend of the show since the beginning, huge supporter of ours, uh, big advocate for the Title Town podcast. So it's it makes total sense to have him as our first ever guest. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, JJ Leahy. JJ, how's it going, pal? <laughs> Thanks for having me on here. I'm really honored to be your first guest. Uh, I'm sure you guys will have a bunch more uh, coming down the tubes. And, uh, you know, just let it be known that uh, you can you can always be better but you can't be before me. So <laughs> I was, I was the first. The, the table has been set. <laughs> oh man, for sure. I think a lot of uh, cool things about kind of the Packers is how many fans are involved with kind of, you know, either writing or having a podcast or, you know, just doing all these different things. And so what made you kind of want to get into that at first? I think for us, it was, you know, we'd have these hour long conversations after every game, either on the phone or in person. And we kind of just wanted to translate that because we felt like a lot of Packers content is such a fan driven thing without, you know, having a big, you know, um, writing degree or, you know, have, uh, ties to the team. So what kind of made you want to start out and kind of writing and doing a podcast for the team? 
honestly, it was such a natural fit. Um, I am such a wordy, talkative person. Um, yeah. And I, I was driving my wife nuts because I talked about the Packers constantly. I needed an outlet to go talk to people about the Packers who actually cared and wanted to hear it. <laughs> and um, so, you know, it was, it was actually a great thing for our marriage. Actually, uh, another big part of it was when COVID started, um, I was a little bit, uh, I guess, concerned about, you know, this new lifestyle that was kind of being thrust upon me here where, you know, I wasn't going out as much. Um, the company I was working for, uh, really, you know, shut down, uh, most, most of the departments, including the marketing department I was working in. And, um, you know, so I started working from home and I just, I felt like, you know, being home all the time, I really need to make sure that I have something I'm working on, uh, you know, that, that is involving a lot, a lot of the people and, uh, man, you know, podcasting was just a great fit for me. I listened to, to several Packers podcasts every day and I just, uh, a lot of the time I would just hit pause because I would be listening and it would be triggering thoughts in my head that I wanted to like talk, talk through out loud by myself as I was driving the car or whatever. And I finally said, you know, I just got to start a podcast and uh, just talk, talk through this in front of a mic. And uh, I think that'd be really fulfilling and it has been a lot of fun. And it's led to other opportunities to, uh, you know, get to write for uh, a site uh, like, Wisconsin Sports Heroics, uh, get to do a second podcast, uh, No Huddle Radio on um, on Packers Talk. Uh, in addition to the original podcast, I started uh, The Daily Cheese, which is over on Packernet. So I've uh, got a lot of irons in a lot of different fires, and it's uh, been, like I said, really good for my marriage that I'm um, getting all that <laughs> Packers Talk out of my system. I love it. And when she comes home, we can talk about other stuff. Yeah, I love it. For so it's sure. good for good for marriages. Number one, number two, <laughs> it, it's funny you say that, JJ, because me and Daniel kind of had a similar experience last year when we started the podcast. Just with all what was going on with COVID and everything, it was just nice to have something to look forward to. Yeah, every week sure. into something I was like, like a creative outlet, in spite mm-hmm. of not being able to go around, not really be able to see people, and then meet all the wonderful other people on the internet. Like how we got connected with you. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool re- indeed. I remember when you guys, uh, you know, launched your your show on Twitter. I, I don't know how I found out about you that early. I think maybe you guys followed me and shot me a message or something. But I checked you guys out early, and um, I said, you know, I'm kind of just starting out, um, so I don't, uh, you know, have have a lot of audience to send your way at this point yet. But <laughs> I'll still give you all the shout outs I can because uh, you guys seem pretty cool. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate that. I think it's uh, it's good for all those who don't live in Packer land to kind of stay together because I know that you don't live in Wisconsin and we don't either. So us uh, non-Wisconsin uh, Packers coverage uh, has to kind of stick together through all this. But uh, kind of want to jump into kind of our first topic here. You wrote a recent article for uh, Wisconsin Sports Heroics kind of talking about the special teams overhaul that is going on on Lombardi Avenue this year, especially with, uh, you know, the uncertainty around will they bring in another punter through the draft or free agency to kind of battle with J.K. Scott? 
Um, definitely the long snapper positions up for battle and a lot of the shows keys positions that kind of Oren Burks and certain guys like that have kind of filled throughout the years. So I just want to kind of hear your thoughts on kind of where the rebuilding kind of starts with the special teams unit. Yeah, I got the chance to talk to our new long snapper, Joe Fortunato, uh, real cool guy. Um, interesting. We, we actually have two punters on the roster right now. Uh, Ryan Winslow has been on the roster since the off season began. I don't recall what week it was that we signed him. It was late in the year and there was uh, uncertainty in the air of whether JK Scott would be able to travel with the team. I think, I don't think it was COVID related as his wife was having a baby or something like that. So they signed Ryan Winslow and um, J.K. Scott ended up being able to make the game, but then Winslow got re-signed to the team again once the offseason started. So they've had two punters this whole time, and now they have two long snappers. I think, at least with punter, it's a lot less likely that they're going to replace Scott. I, I just don't really see that happening. Long snapper, I think, is kind of more up in the air. Look, we all know that the Packers special teams – you know, has been terrible for years and years. Yep. And <laughs> uh, the uh, Sean Menenga era was, um, look, it, it was an improvement over the Ron Zook era in that all the penalties got cleaned up and that was great. But, you know, one of the things that I, I always say is that special teams needs to take the oath first, do no harm. And look, there were plenty of games. I, I firmly believe that we lost the, the Colts game squarely on the back of um, special teams. Uh, we were yeah. always putting uh, the Colts in fabulous position to start their drives. And then, I mean, Rogers was backed up into his own end zone multiple times in that mm -hmm. game. So look, it, it has to be better. I think the Packers are clearly prioritizing that, you know, they, they promoted uh, Marie Strayton, the assistant special teams coordinator to be the new full-time special teams coordinator rumor is that that was uh lafleur's initial pick when he first got hired that he wanted drayton to be the wow special teams co and the rumor and this is uh it's been denied by i think lafleur himself but you know you never know how much how much to look in, into this the rumor is that he was kind of pressured by the powers that be to bring in an outside hire like look i we know that you like this this guy on the coaching staff, but we really think that our special teams is in a bad enough shape that we want you to go find some fresh blood outside, and and that's where Sean Manenga came from. Um, but you know the the Manenga experiment frustrated me from day one. I think Tyler Irvin was single handedly responsible for Manenga getting a sh a second shot at it. And absolutely, I mean, look at the end of the day. It's it's not just talent. Um, it's it's also the coaching and it's the mm -hmm. it's the scheming. Look, you look at the Eagles game, which we would have only allowed like nine points to the Eagles had it not been for Jalen Rager getting a uh, you know a, the, the punt return for a touchdown in that game. And that's not on J.K. Scott. That's on uh, Sean Manenga for getting out schemed by the Eagles. This was happening all year. Look, he was he was letting the Eagles double his gunners and do, doing nothing about it. Uh, you know, he had this big numbers advantage, this this mismatch in the middle of the field where he had all of his guys going max protect on the punter, and he's letting his, his gunners get doubled. 
And the Eagles were setting that up from, from the beginning of the game. They were baiting him to allow that situation so that they would have the opportunity to return to punt, and it paid off. And that's why Meninga's gone. So, look, I, I don't know how well Drayton's going to do. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful for him, uh, but he definitely has a long way to go. And, look, he was part of Meninga's special teams. He wasn't the guy in charge, but he was still – around and had opportunity week after week to step up and say, Hey, Sean, you know, <laughs> we got to clean some of this stuff up. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I, I don't know, but the, uh, good is clearly making a priority of saying to his long snapper and, and his punter, look, what we got from you guys last year, wasn't good enough. You do have competition this year in training camp. Yeah. I think, that's what has kind of been lacking, I think, uh, since a few years ago, kind of when Mason had that kicker battle with Sam Ficken for a little bit. Yep. It's just that influx of um, just competition and training camp at those kind of key positions because I think sometimes there can just be that comfortability that kind of grows in, you know, just job security. You know, they drafted J.K. Scott. Uh, with a six round pick usually punter something that you find as an undrafted free agent and uh, such things like that so I just think that's really interesting that they're starting to bring in uh, all that talent that will make for an interesting uh, July and August in training camp and like I said I don't think that JK Scott is going to get replaced he is one of the best punters in the league he gets a lot of flack from fans online which I think is ridiculous yeah agreed the criticisms I've seen of J.K. Scott are ridiculous. There are plenty of things you can criticize him for, but the, yeah. that's not what he's getting criticized for. He's getting criticized for stupid stuff. So, yes. Um, Hunter Bradley, on the other hand, though, um, look, having a dependable, consistent, long snapper is really, really valuable. And Bradley in 2020 was not that. I, I think that he had a really good start to his career. I think last year – there was just something, you know, whether it was uh, coaching, whether it was, you know, him being distracted, there were quite a few botched snaps. I think that, you know, having Joe Fortunato in training camp is going to result in the Packers having a better long snapper uh, when the season starts, whether that is Joe or whether that's Hunter taking this seriously and really stepping his game up and becoming a better long snapper. Uh, you know, whichever, whichever option it ends up being, uh, you know, should benefit the team. I like it. I think that's uh, one of those small changes that could really uh, pay dividends in the Packers trying to get a fifth Lombardi. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're okay. I was all last season starting, starting with the Buccaneers game when Tyler Irvin got hurt. I started sounding the alarm uh, real early, real often, real loud. Look, we are in trouble on special teams because outside of Tyler Irvin, we don't have anybody who can return. And I said in that week, I said it might take a few weeks for other teams to notice that we can't yeah. um, do anything, but they're going to start trying to pin us inside the five once they realize that. And and they did, and it continued all year long. And yeah. I let, again, you know, look, it. thankfully it did not matter in the – uh, final playoff seating, but that Colts loss, I squarely put that entirely on special teams. Yep. Yeah. We almost it, lost that Jacksonville game because of it too. Jacksonville was even in the game just because of special teams. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that was a painful game to watch <laughs> yep. no matter what. <laughs> For sure. The team had some growing pains that they were trying to work through at that point. Uh, it was interesting. The, the Jacksonville game and then the Indianapolis game the following week, 
uh, I heard the comment that, you know, from somebody looking in the locker room after that, you would have thought that they had lost the Jacksonville game and won the Colts game based on the reaction of the players. <laughs> and I mean, look, you know, there was a night and day difference in how they played those games yeah. and the quality of their mm-hmm. opponents. So, you know, narrowly losing to a really talented opponent is definitely a better situation than barely beating a really crappy, you know, <laughs> the team that got the man, just think about that. If, if we had not, uh, beating the Jaguars, uh, Trevor Lawrence would not be going to Jacksonville. Crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, You're that's, welcome, Jacksonville. <laughs> right. You're welcome for Trevor Lawrence. We'll take credit for that. Uh, Daniel, unless you have anything else on special teams. Uh, I think anything? I'm good. This okay. is uh, kind of a special you two team. nerd out on yeah. special teams. I, we have the two biggest special teams advocates on Packers Twitter and one podcast. So I'll let you guys this- have the floor. Once we get the uh, third phase figured out, I think uh, the Lombardi's coming home. But uh, <laughs> it's just something that has to be addressed this season. As long as we don't take a step back on the other two phases, yes. Yes, yes. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, JJ, shifting gears a little bit, uh, kind of been the topic of note recently for the Packers on you know local media and as well as the national media is what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and his potential future with the team, how that all looks. I was kind of just curious where, where you stand on that, uh, Aaron Rodgers' future with the Green Bay Packers. Well, the, the Packers don't know. That's what it comes down to. They have not made a decision. They're, everybody wants, everybody wants uh, a, a solid answer. They want to make everything binary. Okay, are the Packers moving on from or are they keeping him? They don't know. I think Rodgers winning the MVP – having this kind of season he did does change things. But look, here's what we do know. The Packers, the Packers are not going to have Aaron Rodgers count for $40 million against the cap next year. That's just not going to happen. Whether that means that they're moving on from him or they're giving him a, an extension. I don't know. Uh, doing the, they'll, they'll for sure change his contract in some way. He's not counting 40 million because they can't do anything with a team. If you're, paying that much of your cap to your quarterback. So, but, but look, I don't think that they probably feel like they have to make a decision right now. I think that they have been working on some sort of a contract adjustment with Rogers for a while, uh, going back to basically right after the conference championship game, uh, the rumors started to come out that they were talking to Rogers about some sort of a, contract restructure and that gives us kind of some clues as to what could be in there because they don't need Rogers permission at all for a restructure they just restructure it and then call him up and say hey just FYI you're getting a check today for a signing bonus because we converted your roster bonus we converted some of your base salary what have you that Rogers does not have to sign off on any of that so the fact that they are trying to negotiate something with him means that it is more involved than that. Uh, whether that is adding a year or two to his deal, whether that's adding void years, uh, which the, the Packers have traditionally never done, but now they're really leaning into it a lot this year. Uh, I think the Packers are, and, and the rest of the NFL is expecting the cap to jump uh, significantly in probably 2023. So pushing some more money out into 2023, although it's not my favorite option is certainly something that's on the table for them. But the short answer is the Packers don't know. 
Uh, I, I don't think they're making any kind of decision about moving on from him right now. Um, I don't think that uh, it's it's fair to ask them to do that either. Just look, just because Rogers won the MVP, I don't think that necessarily changes the situation. That look, you took Jordan Love, and then COVID hit, and you didn't get to do anything with him. You didn't get to have him in any preseason games. You didn't get to have any kind of a normal off season. Um, any development that Love was expected to benefit from, he didn't get any of that because of COVID it was all canceled. Um, so, and look, love was always going to be a developmental prospect. I think there's every possibility that they probably have had to push their plans out by a year because of COVID. But I also don't think that they have those plans really firmly set in stone. Anyways, I think they are look Goody's favorite currency is flexibility. He loves giving himself the option to make the right choice and not be constrained yeah, and yeah. feel like, okay, I have to do this because I didn't act in the past. So that's For where sure. I think they're at. Uh, yeah. Did you, did you love or hate the love pick? Well, okay. <laughs> Prior to the draft, I had been uh, so frustrated with the process of every year, like seeing, the Packers just draft somebody that I had never seen coming. And like, you know, all the different players, <laughs> like, okay, we got 10 players here that I think they're probably going to draft from. Here's my favorite, my second favorite. So last year I just said, all right, I don't care who you take as long as just don't take T Higgins or Jordan love. And they took Jordan love. And so at that point, <laughs> I told my wife that before the draft. Um, so uh, she was over at her at her parents' house during the draft, and they had the TV on. And she texted me. She's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." <laughs> so, I, I I I looked at it and I said, "All right, I my response here is not going to be to be upset about this and hate Jordan Love. I have to recognize that I missed something about Jordan Love because I thought, you know, the reason he wasn't on my list is because I didn't think that he was a good prospect at the time. So." I'm looking at it and I'm seeing Matt LaFleur's face on the camera there. And he is so excited as he's talking to love uh, over the phone. I'm going, all right, I missed something here because LaFleur is a quarterback guru and he is ecstatic to have this kid. Yeah. This is like his handpicked um, quarterback of the future that he wants. Yep. Now, doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to work out because most quarterbacks do suck. You only you only get that, you know, Patrick Mahomes, that uh, Deshaun Watson, that Josh Allen. Every couple of years you get a guy like that. So, um, you know, do – do but but I – so I went back and I was watching the tape again of Jordan Love and, you know, really challenging myself to look past the initial uh, stuff that I saw that uh, really turned me off about him. And I realized that I, I had really misjudged. And, and a big part of it was I, I didn't watch a lot of his games prior to the draft. I just kind of watched his uh, real famous ones, like the LSU game was really bad. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, going, going forward, I, I dug deeper into some of his other games and just, you know, watched a lot more film and realized that I had misjudged him. And also my expectations of the kind of quarterback LaFleur was looking for were incorrect as well. So um, in retrospect, I do like the pick, uh, but at the time I was, I was upset. Yeah. Same. 
I think it was definitely just a shock to the system that, you know, we heard wide receiver, we heard, you know, address the offensive line, and then you get a trade up for, you know, God knows what, and then you're thrown with basically for a Packer fan, you're thrown with another headline just to kind of uh, yeah. look at for the next few years until we had just gone through all of the LaFleur Rogers hate each other BS yeah. headlines. <laughs> and then you kind and of now... throw another uh, log on the fire with drafting Jordan Love. So that was just an interesting pick. Look, yes. the, the, the media does not like the Packers. Um, I don't think no. they ever will really love the Packers. No. You're always going to get this kind of drama because look, Green Bay is a boring team. They they don't make the big flashy moves and the media hates that because it's not exciting to talk about. And so look, there's elite talent in green Bay and we, as the media, we want these exciting stories that we can tell that'll, you know, get a lot of attention, make us a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we always see green Bay, we mean the media, the media always sees green Bay as this big opportunity to make a really crazy story and then yeah. they never do uh, or I as think big as the brand is and them. the fan base is yeah and then to not be dramatic or have big headlines yeah, yeah. i can see that for sure <laughs> well if i okay. get it uh, my, my my wife and i every month we sit down we look at our budget for the month and uh you know she's the free spirit and i'm the nerd i i get excited when we can you know put a big chunk of money in our savings and she gets excited when we can take a vacation <laughs> and um look the the packers uh are are more like me they like you know putting those big chunks into their savings so that they can make the smart choice so that you don't have to move on from david boxiari so you don't have yeah. to move on from aaron jones so you don't have to move on from devonte adams and the media is fine with you letting those guys walk because that means that somebody else can sign them and that then that's an exciting story for them and in turn you can go get a different player from a different team and, and pull them in and they're just excited because that now they have two different stories that they can talk about and instead all you get from the Packers is oh yeah we re-signed this guy who's really good oh well okay that's boring because we knew you're gonna do that so right yeah it's interesting too with the Aaron Jones thing people were complaining that Goody hasn't done anything well, I mean, no. He's Except sign the number one running back in the, his, yeah. the free agency. He happened to already be on the team, and we re-signed him. But, yeah, they, he's, he signed a top five player at his position. Don't get me going on fans on the internet. I'm gonna, Daniel, I'm going to let you change the subject before I get on a soapbox. Uh, just real quickly, you know, kind of just talking about the draft. Do you have a draft crush or two that the Packers could get in rounds one or two this year? I don't really like this draft class if I'm if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um mm. last year I loved the draft class. There were players at nearly every position that I was just absolutely in love with. And that how that's how it is most years. But this year, it's just not a lot of guys outside of like the top quarterbacks in the draft that yeah. really excite me. Um, there are some players in the later rounds that are interesting to me. Uh, Elijah Molden is a cornerback who I think really could be a really good fit for what we're doing here in Green Bay. Uh, also, linebacker Baron Browning from Ohio State, um, yeah. real versatile. I, I think both of those are guys that uh, Joe Barry could really make use of. And I really wouldn't be surprised if, if, they, if the Packers don't draft either of those two guys. I wouldn't be surprised if you look at um, – if they draft similar kinds of players 
to those two. I think that Joe Barry's defense and and even just Gutekunst, you know, draft preferences uh, do lean toward those kinds of players. Real versatile, real athletic. Um, not they, you know, they need some coaching to really reach their their potential. But you can do a lot with them. I think that uh, you know, Rashawn Gary is an example of that. And and look we've seen Goody take players like that for a while. And, and I also think that those guys would just fit really well in Barry's scheme as well. Yeah. I think that's another thing to keep in mind too, is just Brian Gunikis likes to draft, you know, similar type bodies, similar type players to kind mm-hmm. of, you know, who's going to work this year at this spot. So I think that's a good thing. Do you see the Packers maybe draft or, um, basically trading down out of the first round because of kind of the COVID shortened season and just different things like that may not have a lot of uh, data on each player where you would maybe take and just want to pull back and get more picks for the back later rounds in this draft. It's a good theory. Um, I think you got two different things going on here. First is that the Packers do already have kind of a lot of draft picks. And so there is the question of how many rookies do you want to keep on your 53 man roster? Yeah. So maybe that would make you more willing to trade up and maybe not necessarily in the first round. Maybe you trade out of the first round into the second and then try and trade up into the second again with some of your later picks. You know, maybe you could come out of there with three second round picks. I wouldn't hate that. Uh, I like that. I, I think that the the strength of this draft is in its depth. It's not in its top talent. Mm-hmm. Um, that having been said, there is one guy that I am like kind of holding my breath for, and I don't think the Packers will take him because they never they never like drafting the guys I like. But Christian <laughs> <Yeah>. Barmore, <laughs> man, if we if we could get a, a really stout D tackle in there. Yeah. Pair him with, with Kenny Clark. Look, Kenny has not been himself since Mike Daniels left. Um, and, and, you know, snacks didn't do anything when we signed him. I like Kingsley Kiki, but I, I, I think we can do a lot better. So yeah. Christian Barmore, I would love to have him. I uh, really loved watching him this, you know, this past year. Um, and uh, I, I'm an Ohio state guy, but I was watching that natu- uh, the national championship game. And uh, I was watching Christian Barmore and I was like, man, out of everybody, this is the guy I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think getting uh, Kenny help would definitely be a great option in the first or second round. So to kind of wrap us up, what are you kind of looking forward to in 2021 for the Packers? Uh, obviously, NFC Championship game birth last year and, you know, number one offense in the league. You saw some improvements on defense. Uh, but now you throw in a new coordinator. So what are you kind of looking forward to certain matchups, certain opponents, and also where do you think they'll kind of end up? I think the name of the game this year is going to have to be consistency. And I think that you look at the offseason moves here by the Packers, bringing back everybody they can right down to Will Redmond and Aaron Jones. And I'm going, look, they realized they had the talent to win it all last year. I think they had the talent two years in a row to win it all. And it, it look in the in last off season, we kind of recognized that the problem with the offense was unfamiliarity. It was look, it's, it's not necessarily a talent issue. It's um, 
consistency. There's moments where they look like world beaters and then they fall apart at other times. And yeah, we were the number one offense last year. We were a top 10 defense um, last year and two conference championships in a row. The team just did not show up. Um, and and it's, it's always a case of, it, it's not that we need more players. It's not that we need more talent. It's our top end talent, our stars looking like garbage, yeah, you know, in, in, in this past year, um, conference championship game. Um, Rogers wasn't great. Devonte was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rashawn Preston and Zadarius were all bad. You can't tell me that, Oh, the problem is that uh, Zadarius isn't talented enough and Devonte isn't talented yeah. enough. And Aaron Jones isn't talented enough. It's consistency. Yep. Look, Preston yeah. and Zadarius in two NFC championship games combined have two pressures. That's a half wow. a pressure a piece what a stat. conference championship game. That's terrible. Yep. What our safety our safeties were good. Um yep. Jair was good. And those are the ones that who kept us in the game. Um, but I mean outside of that, and then the other thing is I'd like to see LaFleur continue to develop as a play caller. I think he's already really good, one of the best in the league, but I don't think that he has hit his max potential there are times yeah. when i see him get stuck too much in look the offense is kind of falling apart the wheels are coming off and so i'm going to lean into my best players i'm going to put mm-hmm. the ball in rogers hands look i understand the desire to do that and to trust rogers to get it done but it's a lot easier for rogers to get it done when he is not carrying the whole team put the ball in aj Dillon's hands he's dragging mm-hmm. five six buccaneers at a time and then you bench him Dude, yeah. put him back out there. Put the ball in his hands, and then that frees up Aaron to do what he can do without you know, making the job unnecessarily difficult for him by making him the only option so that the defense can key in on just him. So to me, uh, I, you know, would it be nice to add a free agent? Would it be nice to add a day one starter of the draft? Of course it would, but I think you're the, the, the most – traction that you can get for improvement this year is going to be your existing players be getting more consistent they can be anybody in the league any day and they have shown us over two years they can just pick a random day and just completely fall apart and the wheels just come off and they can't do anything and that is not a talent issue it's an execution issue agreed i think it's very interesting that the packers have kind of you know, just had very fluky things almost happen, you know, Devontae dropping a touchdown in the NFC championship game and just different things like that. Things that we didn't see all season kind of piling up one after another during the NFC championship game. So that is a very uh, interesting thing. And who do you you lay that on? Is it? Yeah. At at the end of the day, the buck stops with LaFleur. At the end of the day, Mm -hmm. the buck stops with Rogers. You know, they're at the top. Um, the, you know, the excuses have to end with them and yeah, they have to get the best out of their guys. Um, you know, but, but as fans, you know, our, our frustration should lie with LaFleur and Rogers and, you know, they're, they're the ones tasked with getting this done. It's, it's, uh, you know, the, 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 there's no excuses for them. They're the ones who have to step up. And if they are looking at the guys around them and saying, you guys need to do better in order for me to be able to deliver, you know, that's between them and the players. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's all we have for um, everyone today. JJ, thank you for being on the podcast. It was my pleasure. Awesome yeah, for to sure. kind of 
hear what you had to say. Great conversations. I think, you know, we kind of always joke that we're the special teams podcast of the Packers. <laughs> and so to kind of have a whole segment dedicated to that with a very knowledgeable guest was really great. And uh, I'm just excited for, you know, this upcoming season, as I believe you are, yep. at, and oh, kind yeah. of uh, hopefully getting a little less on the restriction side so that we could go see some Packer games and also, you know, um, get some more of those fan experiences as well. So where can people kind of find you at on the internet and kind of uh, what are you kind of working on that people can check out? Yeah, if you are on Twitter, come check me out at JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y on Twitter. I am extremely active there. You can also check out Packers Talk uh, for the No Huddle radio podcast that I do with my co-host Gil Martin. And also check out Packernet. Uh, I'm on the Packernet podcast. Um, I do the Daily Cheese Green Bay Packers news update. Um, these, you know, these are the best places to reach me. And uh, man, especially on Twitter, don't hesitate to shoot me a message, ask me some questions, send me some ideas that you have. Um, I love uh, trying to put answers in, and resources in people's hands. That's my goal. Is that if you have questions, I, I, I'm not going to say I have the answers all the time, but I. I want to help you, you know, know where the right place yeah. is to go look for your, for your answers. So. Love that. JJ is a very helpful uh, find and also just his coverage of Packer news is really a great follow. Uh, you can find me in Austin on Twitter and Instagram. And also you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Got some exciting content coming out. And then also be, for, be sure to check out our friends on Wisconsin Sports Heroics. Uh, also, they have a new podcast network that's coming out that I think uh, is very cool and a lot of great content creators out there. And uh, we will see you next time. I think I stole Austin's line there, but... <laughs> yeah, am I supposed to do the audios here? Or? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you should do the audios for this okay. one. <laughs> adios. There we go.